And we're live. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are here today to discuss The Art of Seduction by Mr. Robert Green. I'm joined, as always, by my compatriot, Mr. Jack Napier. How are you, sir? Bonjour. I'm doing well. Doing well, actually. Had a good day. How about you? Not bad. Well, I was just saying to you off air, I actually just got bitten by a dog just prior to this stream. So if I start foaming at the mouth and going insane during the stream, then if somebody can call an ambulance or something, I mean, I don't, you know, like I don't particularly want to go to a London hospital and then, you know, all of the dangers that that currently entails. Mm. Um, But at the same time, if I I do start going crazy, then it could be because I'm slowly turning into a werewolf live on the stream, which would be quite entertaining, I guess. I mean, I'll probably get a load of views for that, right? We probably would. I mean, it's more entertaining than all the conspiracy theories that have been wrong up until now. So, Well, absolutely. And listen, we are actually doing this. It's kind of coinciding with the inauguration, isn't it? Because the inauguration is, I think it's just kicking off. I'm watching, we've got it going on a, oh, Jesus. Um, I've got it going on a, on a different, um, on a different platform um over here let's have a quick look we'll see what's going on so we can sort of like if anything interesting happens we can kind of go into that as well um you guys can see that how here we go there's a lady with her. oh is that lady gaga yeah that's gaga oh my god oh yeah of course the democrats are back in power so pop stars are relevant again that's lady gaga who is of course a bet noir of the uh the QAnon guys um because they see her as being you know um, a, a, a Satanist and a devil worshipper and um, and everything else. So she's a pretty crazy outfit that she's wearing. That's kind of cool. Yeah, well, um, she can take a ride on my disco stick as the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely, indeed. But anyway, look, we'll we can keep going in and out of that a little bit. And, and listen, if uh, <laughs> in and out. <laughs> oh, mate, I did. I, I I didn't mean it like that, Jack. I didn't mean it like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and if if the aliens come down and. Um, if the military coup kicks off and they start installing Trump as the as the God Emperor forever, then obviously we can sort of pan back over to that and have a look at what's going on. But um, we'll see, I guess, um, as the show goes on. But in the meantime, we're here to discuss something even more important than the next president of the United States of America, and that is seduction and getting laid. And in view of that, what we're going to do today is go through the natural... And then what's the next one? We've got the natural okay. and then we've got the coquette, okay, from uh, The Art of Seduction by Robert Green. So this is continuing our series of these videos where we're going through and breaking down the individual sections. So if you're watching live, many thanks. Great to see you guys. Put your comments, questions in the chat. Also do subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a comment beneath. Really, really helps with the algorithm. Um, and if you're watching this on the replay, Many thanks. Uh, We are here on a historic day, and I hope you get a load of value from this breakdown. Okay, so let's look at the natural then. So the natural, the first thing we need to clear up with the natural is that it doesn't mean what it generally means in the dating game community. Because people, generally speaking, when we talk about a natural in this space, what we are referring to is a dude who is just naturally good with women. He's just naturally good at seduction. He doesn't really have to learn game. He doesn't really have to do any of this stuff. Um, and, all, and everything's good. And I've got friends who are like that. I wouldn't say I'm like that myself. For me, it was more of a learning curve. But that's not really what we're talking about here, is it? This is this is something very separate to that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because seduction should be interpreted in a different way, in my opinion, when it comes to the natural because seduction can also mean seducing people into getting what you want. We discussed that before, like in marketing, things like that. 
And uh, Robert Greene brings up uh, sort of childlike characteristics in this. And yeah. as people might know, children are master manipulators. Because, mm. well, we see a child, it's, excuse me for saying, but they're weak, they're dependent, things like that. So as soon as you... As soon as you see a child crying or whatever, you immediately want to help it. You want to abide it, stand by it, so to say. And people who embody that natural sense of needing protection or whatever quickly get things done, and especially females. Like, oh, I'm woe is me. I am a, I am a weak female who needs help. And there will yeah. be thousands of guys just swarming to her, aiding her, aiding to my lady's aid, so to say. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So this one, because I've read through these again this morning in preparation for the show. And this is another one of these chapters in the book where it seems to me that it is, on the one hand, it's probably very useful for analyzing women. Because yeah. I think that this, I think that women probably fall more into this archetype than than men do but at the same time as i was reading through the chapter a couple of things came out and i thought actually that probably could appear appear that probably could be relevant for guys as well so i think you've got a little bit of both here i think the natural predominantly it's probably a feminine thing so it's worth learning about so that you can kind of basically be aware of it in terms of when you deal with girls mm -hmm. but there are elements of it where i think a guy could get away with it but always with the as always with the caveat if you're kind of alpha already you can probably pretty much get away with anything. But um, let's just read the introductory paragraph just to give guys uh, a clue about what he's saying. So the natural, he says, childhood is the golden paradise we are always consciously or, or unconsciously trying to recreate. The natural embodies the long-for qualities of childhood, spontaneity, sincerity, unpretentiousness. In the presence of naturals, we feel at ease, caught up in their playful spirit, transported back to the golden age. Naturals make a virtue out of weakness. All right, well, that's, you know, we've got to be a bit careful with that. Naturals make a virtue out of weakness, eliciting our sympathy for their trials, making us want to protect them and help them out. Mm. As a child, much of this is natural, but some of it is exaggerated, a contrast, seductive maneuver. Um, adopt the pose of the natural to neutralize people's natural defensiveness and infect them with helpless delight. Okay, well, the first thing that rings alarm bells there from a male perspective in the dating arena is when it says uh making a virtue out of weakness because obviously that's the opposite really of what we teach guys isn't it yeah absolutely and that's why this archetype works so well for women that childlike innocence and defenselessness sort to say that they can use to their advantage to get mostly men to come to their aid hmm Mm. But when it comes to men in this example, and he names Charlie Chaplin in one of the stories. Now, Chaplin was a bit of a mm, was a bit of a scrawny guy, so to say, but that worked in his advantage for his mm. funny character. He was able to seduce the audience with that archetype. As in, yeah. oh, you can't take him seriously, so he's entertaining. He's fun mm. to watch. Yes. Well, the other thing about this chapter, as is really a common theme throughout the whole book is that I'm looking at it with half an eye to how can I improve seduction skills for guys? Mm -hmm. I'm then looking at it as how can I use this to understand women? But there's a third aspect to this, which is 
as a content creator, I think, well, what does this mean in terms of being somebody who puts out content? And equally, that could apply to being a politician or being anybody who's trying to influence a mass of people. And my sense of this overall was that for me as a guy, I think in the main, the natural archetype could, could perhaps work as a content creator because you could be a very charming kind of dude who's a little bit naive and a little bit sort of, um, you know, questioning and, and wide-eyed. And people might like you for that as a content creator. I'm not sure for a guy it would work seductively because, of course, what we always teach guys is you've got to be invulnerable. You've got to be unassailable. You've got to be the strong man who is who is leading in the interaction. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree with that. And when it comes to as content creator, and maybe I'm taking you too literal, could be happening. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Hmm. But when you're open to new ideas and let's say you in some cases they might do it fake ignorance so to say that can be very seductive to a crowd as in oh, yeah. he's open to new ideas he isn't that full of himself he admits he wants to learn you name it so in that case yes you can't well, use it to your advantage well i'll tell you somebody who does it actually a bit is um is james altucher a little bit. I don't know if you listen to his podcast at all mm. or you've read. So James Altucher, I, I'm a big fan of his. He's not in this space, but he's in a sort of a self-help stroke business stroke, a bit of crypto kind of a content creator. He was a hedge fund guy. Then he got into writing really vulnerable stuff about how he wrecked his life and lost all his money. <laughs> and then he got into minimalism. You should follow up his minimalism stuff, actually. I'll send you something afterwards. It's quite good. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and he does a great podcast, loads of different guests on it. It's awesome stuff. But he actually has a little bit of this as a content creator because he's a very, very intelligent guy. There's no doubt about this. I mean, he, you know, um, very intelligent, you know, entrepreneur, financial whiz kid, whatever. But he does have this sense of innocence about him and this sense of like, oh, well, can you, you know, can you explain that to me? Or what does that mean? So I think he is using this to some extent in his presentation. But then at the same time, when you see James Altucher, um, <laughs> and with the greatest respect to him, he is not uh, a chat. Um, he's he's quite a sort of his whole persona is 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 as a somewhat geeky but very nice guy, and that works really well as a content creator. Whether it would work well as a seducer in the sexual romantic sense, I I doubt. Although he is married, so he obviously works on someone. It reminds me a lot of the the starving artist kind of type. And mm. in some sense, the bad boyish guy where girls want to fall for him because he needs help. Like a guy who comes from an abusive household. I mean, you and I are no stranger to that. But mm. I don't know about you, but I found girls who were like, you had such a troubled childhood. I just want you to be happy and blah, blah, blah. They kicked on it. Mm. They absolutely mm. loved it. That vulnerability side. Yeah, you're right. And I think we touched on this in one of the other sections, but um well actually there's a somewhere in this book when he talks about charisma i think we've yet to come on to this but he cites vulnerability as being one of the traits of charisma and i discuss that in cat academy and i always try to say look on the one hand you kind of want to be a badass you don't want to seem vulnerable to the girl but on the other hand in a certain context a little bit of vulnerability can it really it gives her those big puppy dog eyes. She's like, oh, how cute. You know, Robbie Williams was a bit like this. Robbie Williams, on the one hand, was a, da a bit of a dandy and a showman and an extrovert and, you know, and quite a, quite a sexual guy. Mm. But on the other hand, he would do songs about his nan and talk about his addictive issues and all of this different stuff. And 
women would love that. They'd be like, oh, it's so sweet. He's so, you know, he's such a broken, you know, he needs looking after. So I, but as, as always with these things, it kind of works, but you've got to be the alpha in the first place. If you're in the, if you, in the first instance, you are just a, a you know, a, a, a sort of weedy guy or you're a bit of a, a chode and you do this, it's not going to work. If you've got the alpha status or the charisma status in the first place, you can get away with it. Yeah, you do absolutely do not want to lead with this. And that is why I think this mostly fits the females, because they can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And women can, and women do lead with this. And I'm not, you know, and this is just, I mean, how many women have you met who are playing this innocent role, whether they're innocent or not, who are sort of using that as the thing that they, they're calling cards? My ex was one of those. Really? I mean, really? I not I don't have a bad word to say about her, but that when I read this, I was like, okay, that's her. Like, amazing giant blue eyes. She wasn't that tall. She was like one meter and sixty centimeters, maybe even shorter. Very tiny petite girl, but had that childlike innocence about her. And yeah. she was twenty-one when we dated, so not to worry about that. But that childlike innocence in everything. Like mm. everything was amazing to her. Everything was great. Yes, like, yes. From new places she went to, from new dishes she ate, everything. Now, at a certain point, and Green talks about this, it can be annoying. It really mm. can be annoying at a certain point where you're like, honey, I know it's great. It's yeah. magnificent. I yeah. know it's the best you've ever had. <laughs> Let me guess. You've never seen something like this before. I know. <laughs> it's very offensive, Jack. I'm sure there's, there's I'm sure there's many in the audience who are finding this very seductive. Um, John, if you want to, um, all right, okay. Let's. John, John said he might pop in for a bit, so we can uh, I can throw him the link. Um, but in the meantime, before I do that though, let's just have a look at um, a, a little bit more of this. So, what it says up front is. Adult life is basically kind of boring and there's a lot of compromises involved, okay? Mm -hmm. And the natural is attractive because the person who is playing the part of the natural, they've got that playfulness about them. They've got that sense of sort of like uh, that innocence, naturalness. They haven't been beaten down by life and, and people find that refreshing. And I can actually identify with this because as a, a gentleman, you know, who's uh, getting on a little bit in years, um, when you meet... Uh, or you date or interact with a younger woman and she has a sense of this innocence about her, that could be really refreshing. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it's sort of like, and, and that can, and I think that is actually what attracts guys to those kinds of women so much because as well as obviously, you know, looks and things like this, but it's that sense of like, wow, she's, um, she's just so fresh and she's not jaded and she's just so wide eyed and everything. She's not beaten down by boxed wine and cats. <laughs> exactly. Divorced. <laughs> exactly exactly um and so then he goes into and he, he says then you know in order to to get to this place of innocence you need to stop being so hesitant you need to stop being self-conscious and he then says that some people will do this though it's not completely natural they will big this up they will exaggerate their weakness to look like they're still innocent and of course that's largely a female strategy um and he talks about he breaks it down into four different types and the first one is the innocent and that is very much this girly kind of archetype that we've been talking about now. And I, I can't really see that flying as a male seductive. No. You know, and, unless you just happen to be so Chad 
that you can kind of get away with anything. I can't really see this being as a, a strategy that, that we would recommend. But the next one is the imp. Okay. And he calls, he talks about fearlessness. He talks about being blissfully uncaring, having this kind of infectious spirit, a breath of fresh air, somebody who doesn't worry about offending people, who's kind of sprightly, blah, blah, blah. And I think actually a guy can get away with this because I know dudes, I would say there's a guy in the UK called Bexter, who I may try and get on the show, who's like a, a, a guy who's been doing dating and game and pickup from the early, the early days. Um, and he's in his, I think he's in his forties now, but he's just got that quality of sprightliness and impishness and mischievousness. And I, I, you know, girls love him. Women love him. One of the best players that I've ever met. Um, I'd even go as far as to say that John has it to some extent. Mm -hmm. Just, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Brashfulness. Is that something you could, uh, elaborate on while I try and send John the link? (laughs) It's mainly just saying what you think and um, without really thinking about the consequences. Children, a lot of children are like that. Like the most honest people in the room, if they're there, are often children. They don't care about social um, social norms or whatever. They put it as it is. I mean, um, the emperor has no clothes. Like that ends with the kid saying it, right? Like the emperor is nude. Yes. Children in general do certain things like that. And even in game, you being brashful towards a girl, that is that impish behavior. Like not being afraid to offend her, whatever the outcome might be. Going for what you want without hesitation of other people's opinions. Yes. Focusing on that is a something a guy should be doing, actually, and very relatable as Robert describes the imp. Indeed, indeed. So I think the imp is one that guys can do. The next one is the wonder. And this is when this is somebody who has a um, a talent, like be, be able to play the piano or be able to play the kazoo or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I, th- I think this one you, is, is sort of like, um, you, you know, you, you're just going to have to be lucky to be born with that, really, aren't you? Mm. Now, funnily enough, he names Mozart. And I don't know if you've read, of course you've read it, Mastery. Yes. Well, he mentions Mozart in that. And Mozart was just pushed to the brink when it came to piano lessons. But the thing was, Mozart was put at a very young age. And especially as adults, we are we are blown away when we see like a child who's just four or whatever mastering an instrument like that without even really thinking about how many hours that child has put into said skill. Mm, mm. But it's just more seductive when a child does it. I remember years ago, we had a metal band, and I mean heavy metal band. Like, what was it again? It it, it almost sounded like that Scandinavian uh, thing that Rodo likes, black metal. Mm, mm. But those kids were 11, 12 years old. But... Everybody was so impressed by them because they were so young and played such heavy music. It was very seductive for them as a band. Now, of course, years later, when they were like 17, 18, and they hit the age that everybody was doing that, it wasn't that impressive anymore. He's Big big Joe. Big Joe. Ah, there he is. Does he remember the lines? <laughs> Can we hear this? Can we hear- is there any volume? No, this? I can't hear him. Here we go. Here we Are go. We, the people, 
who seek a more perfect union. Oh, come on. That's obviously Trump, isn't it? That's obviously Trump in disguise. <laughs> this is a great nation. We are good people. Yep. And over the centuries, through storm and strife. He said the storm. Peace and a war. We've come so far. But we still have far to go. We'll press forward with speed and urgency, for we have much to do in this winter of peril and significant possibilities. Mm. Much to repair, much to restore, much to heal, much to build, and much to gain. Did he, he say much wisdom gains? Did he say much to game? Mm-hmm. It's much to game. He wants to game Melania, man. He's like, I <laughs> took the presidency from you. I'll take your wife as well. Exactly. Maybe you'll uh, see him in Cat Academy. Uh, well, I, I, hopefully, yeah, it'd be great to have. It'd be great to have uh, Trump as a guest speaker, wouldn't it? To uh, to teach the guys that um, that 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 charisma that um, that took him all the way to the top, really. And uh, what a what a career that dude had. Um, and then the next one is the undefensive lover. And Green actually says this is the most useful one. And I think in a way it is because what he basically kind of says is don't be defensive. And I think this is something that is useful to us as guys because and what I'm th thinking about in particular here is in a in a romantic sexual context because if you are defensive and kind of afraid to show your desire, afraid to show your sexuality and to share that with the girl, then she is likely going to become defensive herself, okay? And so guys who tend to do well in this arena actually – and we'll use the word, they do tend to be very natural, don't they? They just naturally, like, do the thing, you know, they, they just naturally put themselves out there. Um, so, you know, um, I think this one is something that is quite useful, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be timid. Don't be meek. Let yourself go. Go for what you want. Don't be defensive about it, which is a bit counterintuitive with certain things going on on lately like the whole consent things and yada 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 which makes some guys afraid but in all honesty i don't know about you but i haven't ran into it um well i think it's just you've got to obviously for a start you've obviously got to play you know you you've got to be whiter than white you know you're you're and 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 what we're what we're teaching here is not anything about um you know being uh manipulative or getting people to do things against their will that's not the point the point is to um to be an attractive guy so that's the first thing and then the next thing is simply that um well you know you, you just need to be very sensitive to the different situations and just ensure that you are not getting into a situation with somebody who maybe is um you know, going to cause, going to be problematic down the down the road. So you're just going to be very cognizant of your surroundings, the type of situation you're getting yourself into, and just just be mindful. But I think in general, you know, this 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 is something that gets talked up perhaps more than is um, than is necessary. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's my experience as well. Of course, I mean, I always make sure that I have like a certain WhatsApp conversation where it's like, okay, this was consensual and things like that. But other than that, I mean, go for it. Be assertive. Express your desires, so to say. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then, he, like you say, he then goes on to discuss uh, Charlie Chaplin, and he talks about how he took on this very naive sort of character and 
et cetera, et cetera, and seduced the world, if you like, made all these great movies and everything else. Um, interesting stuff, but does that help us in our in the in this regard? Perhaps not. Well, I mean, you mostly want to focus on like uh, seducing in game, right? Because then, no. Mm. But it could be again. This book really is, as most of his books are, swords and shields. Mm. The art of seduction is also meant to protect you from seduction from certain points of view, as in politicians, artists, actors, you name it. And from that point of view, this becomes this comes in handy a lot. Yes. But for like if you're not an actor or whatever, or maybe you are in theater, I'd say it can help. Other than that, like you show up at the bar dressed up Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, that's not doing well for your peacocking and uh amuse mastery, man. Don't do that. Absolutely, yeah. Don't don't I mean I think what we're saying here is don't do Charlie Chaplin game. You know, no. if, if you're gonna if you're gonna choose an archetype, maybe Charlie Chaplin is not the archetype. Uh, to select, but I think I mean we we don't have to just keep this together. We can talk about you know uh, um, uh, broader issues as well. And I think you're right. I think this stuff is really invaluable to know if you are somebody who's creating a public persona of some kind, right? I think I think in that sense it works really really well. Um, and and another example is Mr. Bean, who I actually yeah. hate. I've always I've always, I've always kind of dis despised Mr. Bean. I've never liked that character, but incredibly popular. Why is that? Well, he's very very naive. Very mm -hmm. sweet, very naive, and this is another example of that. So, and I think James Altucher is is quite a good example. It's a little bit more in this space. So, this is something that you can utilize if you're trying to build a brand, if you're trying to to speak to a large group of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you like Rowan Atkinson, right? It's just a character, Mister Bean, you don't like. I like Rowan Atkinson, yeah, because he's done some great stuff. I mean, I love. Have you, have you seen his daughters? Like, what is it with ugly dudes and their daughters? <laughs> no, Sylvester Stallone, same thing. It's like what? Um, the guy from Aerosmith. What's his name? Tyler, Steven Tyler. Oh yeah, Liv Tyler is. Uh, is yeah, but he, he has a sister as well, which I can't remember. I think I think the sister wasn't that good looking, but like all these ugly dudes just have daughters. Where you're like, how the hell did this happen? It's, mm, it's mm. pretty insane. But yeah, exactly. Mr. Bean's a great example of that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And he, um, as he goes on, he talks a bit about, and this again, I think largely applies to, to women, but he talks about how women can, through their character, seem more attractive than perhaps they are physically. And he says, and this is a bit of a dagger in the heart of the Black Pillars who may be watching this. He says, people often mistakenly believe that what makes a person desirable and attractive is physical beauty elegance or overt sexuality but Cora Reed because he talks about this woman Cora Reed who was a, a sort of a courtesan in London back in the 18th century and um, had lots of lovers and things like this and he says she wasn't dramatically beautiful her body was boyish and her style was garish and tasteless even so the most dashing men of Europe vied for her favors and I think that's true isn't it I think that we all know women who are in our lives who maybe they aren't the most beautiful woman that we've ever met but there's just something about her, and we keep going back for more. Mm -hmm. is, is that something you recognize? Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, again, in all honesty, as long as she's thin, I'm fine with it. But at a certain point, you're just like, I know you aren't the prettiest, but just the way you act, the way you present yourself, it, it does something. It's appealing. 
it's attractive. You... And talking talking about appealing and attractive, here we have John here he is. from Modern Life Dating. What's up? Hello. What's up? What's up, man? How are you? Oh, just tall. I mean, you've really stooped to new lows if you got Jack on the show. Next thing, it's going to be him and Ryan Stone. <laughs> <laughs> We've not quite gone that far yet, mate. We've not quite gone that far. But, um, we got to stop the guys. What are you doing? Love well, we just... Yeah, man, man. We're just talking. We're just talking seduction. We're talking attraction. We're talking like uh, being a natural, but in the sense that Robert Greene um, discusses being a natural. But you've just got back to Tokyo, then. How's the how's the jet lag? Uh, it was great. Um, I uh, it was very funny. I was the only person in the whole plane flying business class. Oh, I saw that. I saw that on your on your story. Yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was me and like I, there was one girl up there, but she was a flight member for the company, so she was just like flying for free. Okay, uh, but yeah, it was it's good, man. I'm so glad to be back in Tokyo, man. I'm like, I've already had sex with some like two different chicks. <laughs> it's been like less than 24 hours since I touched down, but nice. I was. Man, he down. he's seen a few. He's seen. He's seen at least three landing strips in the last two days. Then, oh man, life is good, man. Life is good. Um, yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, this book. The I just wanted to chime in uh, yeah, yeah. earlier in the day, but like, uh, in regards to this book, um, the art of seduction, it's it's really, really, it's probably the best book, and I and I really. Troy, I mean, you know how much I hate the Manosphere and all these Twitter tryhards and uh, all these jerk offs. You know, the red pill masturbators, as I like to say. Mm. Oh, Robert Lee, man, you know, oh, I'm so alpha. <laughs> Me and my 79% body fat. <laughs> I read that book. <laughs> but it, it's a very, it's a very, very high level book. And I believe a lot of the concepts will go over the average guy's head because. He taps into some very um, dark parts of human psychology that a lot mm. of people like to kind of sweep under the rug. Yeah, you know, yeah. They don't like to look at the truth. And what you were mentioning earlier to Jack uh, about, like, you know, a girl that's just not that appealing, but there's something about her. There's this yeah. chick I have in Tokyo, and to be honest with you, she is she's a little chubby, she's a little big. But like not like America disgusting big, mm. uh, <laughs> you know, like you know Japanese big, and uh, <laughs> every, every time like size eight, yeah. So like to this date, I, I started hooking up with her in twenty, uh, I believe it was, yeah, it was twenty eighteen, late twenty, like mid twenty eighteen. I've never taken her on a date, but when she comes over, like just the sex is just, and it's it's still good. It's phenomenally good. She's not the prettiest. Mm. She's mm. not the thinnest. But when I come, I come so hard with this chick. And then I roll over and she starts massaging me and cleaning the house. Yeah. <laughs> what a brilliant. What but, more do you possibly want? I mean, that's a standard in the hot dude life. But, I mean, just it's great to have yeah. that in your life. And, um, yeah, I understand yeah. what you meant by that for sure. Yeah, but it really is true, isn't it? I mean, there's girl, girls that I've been out with who have been, you know, very good looking. And I, I would put as eights or nines. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. think 10 really exists. And mm -hmm. I think nines are few and far between. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not necessarily those girls that you have that great experience with. Sometimes it's the girls who are who fall a little bit lesser on the totem pole. And that's just how it is. It, because and, and this is where the whole looks thing 
yeah. gives way to reality because actually yeah. we can see it in our attraction to women. Actually, it is a bit more than even for even for guys and guys are the most looks focused people out of the two sexes. Right. And right. even for us, there's more to it than that, isn't there? Some girls just have that thing. Mm hmm. That kind of, you know, that kind of draws you in. The other thing, actually, that so the, the next thing that he goes on to, and, and John might be good on this, actually, is because he talks about Josephine Baker, who was that um, singer and dancer who went over to Berlin and she uh, in the 20s and she danced with bananas wrapped around her. And she, you know, got all the uh, she was the first black, I think, dancer to go over to, 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 to Berlin and go and dance in the clubs and the cabarets there. People went nuts for her, whatever. Um, but the interesting part about this is he talks about self-reliance. OK. And there's two key concepts here. He talks about self-reliance. And off the back of that, he talks about not giving too much of yourself to other people. And he says here, um, remember, the role that you were given in life and, and also building your own reality. And he says, the role that you were given in life is not the role you have to accept. You can always um, hive out um, a role of your own creation, a role that fits your fantasy. Learn to play with your image, never taking it too seriously. The key to infuse your play with conviction, the feeling of a child, making it all seem natural. And then the more absorbed you seem in your own joy-filled world, the more seductive you become. Don't go halfway. Make the fantasy you inhabit as radical as, as possible, and you will attract attention like a magnet. Now, funnily enough, when I read that earlier, John, it reminded me of you a bit, because I think you're somebody who has created their own reality, mm. and you, you very much live in your own reality. And I as a result of that, you attract people to you. Is, isn't that the, I mean, aren't we all supposed to be like, you know, worshipping every word Rolo says? So, I mean, become, become, become the mental point of origin, right? I mean, <clears throat> unlike most of these try-hard idiots in the manosphere, I actually do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. Which is like, call me old fashioned, but uh, I just feel like that's just the way to live your life. And, you know, when you, when, I mean, dude, why wouldn't you want to create reality? Look at the reality outside. It fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah, true, true. It's shit. I got thick and tired of fat bitches. So I went to the country with the lowest obesity rate in the world. I got sick and tired of looking at some incompetent fat boss who is stupider than me, gets less pussy than me trying to tell me some shit about corporation politics and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, how about this? How about you go fuck yourself and I'll go start my own business. Mm. I'm sick and tired of the banks fucking me in the ass 24 seven. So I became a, a massive cryptocurrency advocate and take a look at the market. I've been harping on about cryptocurrency since early Q1 2019, even though I've been involved in the market since 2016 Q4. Now I don't need to say anything. I just need mm. to say I've been involved in cryptocurrency tw since 2016 and you know what the fucking deal is. Yeah. So the thing is people just don't people are just too listen Troy people are cowards. A staggering majority of people are cowards. And they don't have the balls to do what it takes to make your own reality. And mm. that's why when you do have the balls to make your own reality, there's almost nobody like you around and become such a seductive anomaly. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I didn't even intentionally do this. Troy, do you, do you follow my, um, my Instagram hot dude life? Yeah. Yeah. Jack, did you see my, Obsessively. thank you. Jack, did you see it? 
I do follow it, but what particularly did I see? The stories, the stories recently. Uh, yeah, a couple of them I did. All right, well, never mind. Can we just throw Jack off? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this: like, I okay. So Troy, recently, I just went because I had the freedom to do it. Yeah. Went to Los Angeles, Orlando, New Orleans, New York, Miami. I did my USA tour to see everybody. Right. And I just thought, like, ah, oh, you know, it's just kind of, you know, why wouldn't somebody go see all their friends and and, yeah. and members of their community and shit? And yeah. I got so many DMs from girls and guys telling me like, oh my God, your life is amazing. You're in LA, you're in New York, you're in Miami, you're in Orlando. Mm. You went to New Orleans. I saw you fly into, New, you know, you went to New Jersey, Philadelphia, like unbelievable. How'd you do this? I was like, I just made a plan and I didn't stop until it was over. Yeah. And now look at me. Some, some people would say um, I'm old. 35, like, oh, he's an old guy, you know, but I know a lot of 35 year olds that are trapped slaves behind their desk and, and don't have the freedom to do what I do. But when you set out to make your reality, you have to know one, pretty much everybody's going to oppose you. Two, it's going to be very, very, very hard. Three, it's going to take time. But four, once you achieve it, you are like a god. Mm, mm. Uh, absolutely. And look, I mean, I think this space really, of course, we talk about girls and stuff, because that's the, the key thing that draws people in the first instance. But ultimately, it's about self-actualization, isn't it? And it's about creating, it's about being what you fucking want to be, creating yes. your fantasy. And out of all the people in this space, I think you are one of the people that has done that the most extensively, right? I mean, there are other people who've done it in different ways, but I think you are certainly living, you, you've set out and said, right, this is the kind of dude I, guy I want to be. This is the kind of life I want to live. And you're actually bloody well doing it, you know? Yeah. And 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 as I say, that attracts, that's going to attract girls to you because you show that on your, your stories. You display that through Instagram and whatever other channels. Um, but it also attracts guys, and I don't mean that in a black pill disparaging way, but I mean, it also attracts guys in the sense that then people want to work with you. They want to, you know, get onto your programs, your courses, et cetera, et cetera. Because they're also attracted because they can see, here's a dude who's just doing his own thing and just living his own fucking life. And that's really what we need to aspire to. And I think that's kind of what he's talking about here in The Natural. I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think, I think uh, not, to, not, to, not to divert from your point of The Natural, but I do also believe that to an extent... I, because I've created this reality, I'm a little bit of the star a bit, just a little yes. bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're coming on to that in a, in a couple of episodes time, but I think, um, I can, yes, I can certainly, I can certainly see that as well. And the star is actually a really, really interesting one. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We get it's a fantastic book. Yeah. Yeah. The but next anyways, one. I'm going to go, listen, it's 2 a.m. I got to go. Sorry. Um, uh, no worries, mate. I'm back on the air for all you guys that care. Uh, tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Times. I'm, I'm I'm doing the award, the 2020 award show, and I'm actually no, going to give you I'm going to give you an exclusive here on Troy's channel. You guys just got to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you comment if you're one of those champions watching on replay. But um, we're actually going to give out an award, uh, and that goes to Jack Napier for least entertaining. <laughs> I think that's what we can all get behind. I love it. At least I got an award, man. At least I, got I know. Award. You got to start like strong. When you say his name, people are like, who? Yeah, at least me, they know. 
<laughs> Does he make cooking videos, something like that? Right? Is that uh, that washed out chef or something like that? <laughs> I Jack, it. I think you need to demand a recount. Yeah, I think <laughs> the, Dominion, the Dominion voting machines have, uh, have messed this one up. I think. Oh lord. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Good stuff, man. John, great talking to you again. Man. Love you both. Love you both so Love much. You, man. Yeah. See you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, well, um, that is quite a nice natural break because now we can discuss the coquette. And in a way, the coquette is perhaps the, mo the more useful chapter out of these two, but it's also a shorter chapter. And actually, the point of the coquette is pretty easy to get across very quickly, isn't it? We've covered it actually already in this series. Really, the coquette is about blowing hot and cold, isn't yeah. it? It's push-pull. It's push-pull. That's what it is. And anybody who's been following game dating content for any period of time will understand that push-pull is just a foundational element of all of game. And this is something as guys perhaps we have to learn. But again, this is one of these things. And he says in here, because coquette is a, is a feminized term, uh, I don't know the, 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 you know, I believe in French, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a female um term and this was very much a female trait a female skill set a coquette when you when you say the word coquette it normally means a, a woman but mm. he makes the point that in the 17th 18th centuries the guys you know the great european seducers like ourselves i suppose we are the i suppose we are the progeny of those um those great mm. european seducers jack but absolutely well yeah but um yeah i mean they then the guys started to realize the power of this coquettishness of this push pull, and they started to employ it themselves and um, very successfully because it really works. This is the thing. Well, absolutely, and especially in this day and age. What I mean by that: most girls, their phones are being blown up. Guys who want their attention, guys who've got scarcity mindset, have no other options. As soon as they get a girl, they blow up her phone. Yes. Who is the guy she's going to think about? The guy who doesn't do that. Works very counterintuitive because as a guy, you want to go for what you want. Mm. The mm. thing is, once you've made known what you want, you need to be able to take a step back. and You need to be able to show her that, hey, your, your distancing from me doesn't phase me because I've got shit to do. I've got my own life going on. And mm. if you don't want me, there's a bus coming every 15 minutes. Yes. And that irrational fear of losing her, so to say, doesn't play a part in all of this. Because a lot of guys have that. They are afraid to create said distance because of losing her. Even yes. though a lot of women crave that distance, they want to chase the guy. Uh, as Ryan says it, the... Um, the cooking guy is a great chef, by the way. <laughs> a horrible content creator. But <laughs> as he says, relationship is the girl's work. Mm. A lot of guys got that mixed up for some odd reason. Like the guy all of a sudden starts with that whole conversation. What are we? Where's this going? No, that's the woman's job. Like your job is to get her in bed. Yes. That's it. Mm. At least for most of the guys, it is. And make sure she wants to come back in bed but it's her job as a woman at least most women want to be the person to do that to lock you down your business should not be the business of locking down that should be hers and mm. you can perfectly get her to that point 
by doing a coquettish streak. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right about relationships. It should be her who is seeking to to lock to lock you down, as you say. And and that's not even. And to be honest, that's not even really a technique. That's just because nature. Well, you should be a guy who's got stuff to do. And also, as well, remember again, Rollo Tomasi, our Lord and Savior. Hi, programmer. You know what? What he always says is that um, male, the male sexual drive is for maximum or maximal sexual variety from from maximal partners. Okay, so when you enter into a relationship, in some senses, you are going against the grain, aren't you? Mm. You're going against what your biology wants. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be in a relationship or you shouldn't be in them or anything like that, but you are in some ways going against the grain. And so it, you shouldn't be so keen to, to, to go down that route. This should be something that you have to be almost persuaded into mm-hmm. um, because she's the best option that, 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 that's available. And, you know, and, and some guys will say things like, well, I was with her for a couple of years and I was waiting for her to do something wrong that would make me want to leave her. And she, she actually didn't do anything wrong. And so then I realized that she was, you know, somebody who I wanted to stay with. And I kind of think that's, that's fair enough um, as an approach, but I mean, she should be the one that's pushing for the commitment rather than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. And weirdly enough, like when you just go the natural route with it, you'll often find that at least for me, I don't care that much about it, like commitment. Know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, oh, she's here like X days of the week. Okay, that that's good. Fine. Yeah. Oh, she keeps texting me. Okay, well, fine. Yeah. Things like that. And then all of a sudden, she starts whining and complaining about what are we? Like, what yes. do you mean? What are we? Like, are we committed? Well, you're here bloody eighty percent of the week, and you keep texting me. I don't know. I mean, do you want it in stone? Like, mm, what yeah. do you want from me? Just, just tell me you don't want me to fuck other women. Like, yeah, exactly. And, and that's the way round that really it should be. So that is, uh, so any guys watching this and you're thinking, oh, I just want to, I just want to get that girl. This is my moment, or whatever. You know, like it, it's, it, you know, you should be on, you should be on your purpose, on your mission. And um, she should be the one who's saying, well, hang on a minute, where, what are we? What are we doing, etc. But let's. Before we go further into this, let's read the introduction to the coquette just to set the scene. So he says, the ability to delay satisfaction is the ultimate act, uh, sorry, the ultimate art of seduction. While waiting, the victim, he says victim a few times in this book, by the way, and it's, you know, apologies to any SJWs watching, but I think he means it in a good sense. Um, Let's say target or or the the woman that you are seeking to seduce. He says, um, while waiting, the victim is held in thrall. Coquettes are the grandmasters of this game, orchestrating a back and forth movement between hope and frustration. Okay, hope, frustration. They bait with the promise of the reward, the hope of physical pleasure, happiness, fame by association, power, whatever it is. Uh, All of which, however, proves elusive because she doesn't pay the check right you know she she sort of promises a lot but she doesn't actually hold good on that it's always just held slightly out of reach um yeah this only makes the targets pursue them more coquettes seem totally self-sufficient they do not need you they seem to say and then narcissism and remember narcissism is one of those dark triad traits that we talk about in cat academy and elsewhere narcissism 
Places um, proves devilishly attractive. You want to conquer them, but they hold all the cards. The strategy of the coquette is never to offer total satisfaction. Imitate the alternating heat and coolness of the coquette, and you will keep the seduced at your heels. So, the, uh, very interesting stuff. I mean, what do you make of that, Jack? I mean, for me, the key things here are hot and cold, never quite giving what's wanted, and also narcissism, I think, is very important. Yes, it's giving that radiance of how do i phrase that giving that um, idea that you think you are the total shit so to say like you yes. walk in i'm the shit i don't care what up i'm going to do what i want now i might find you interesting i might find you attractive and i might give you some attention but i've got other things to do so mm. again, pull that's why i don't like push pull i prefer pull push because that's way more logical but maybe that's my autistic brain i don't mm. know no i don't literally have autism like <laughs> but, he says <laughs> spot on the tisms but you reel them in a bit but you don't chase them so to say like mm. you've made your will known now it's up to you hey i know i'm awesome if you don't think that screw you not my fault. I mm. can't help it that you don't have any taste. I'm off. Bye. Mm. Like mm. that that story you once told me. Like you approach the girl and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. You're just not my type." No, no, no. I'm sorry for yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You, well, you, uh, you know, and this is a, a, another theme that runs all the way through this book. Really, is that you should be self obsessed the whole time. Mm. You should be. And we talked about it just now with John. You know, you are building your own reality. You are the star of the show. You are the star of the show. And mm. and, and, in your, and that's how it goes, okay? And people can either buy into that or not, you know? And some people are very divisive characters. I mean, John is a divisive character. Some people love him. Some people are not so keen. But it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It, you know, your responsibility is not what other people think. That's their business. Your business is your vision, your life, creating this myth mythos around yourself effectively um and and i tell you what um having employed this myself over the years people really buy into it i mean not everybody some people think you're a dick but it doesn't really matter because the people that buy into it really really buy into it look at the outgoing president today look at his final address before he played ymca um i don't know why he always plays ymca but you know everyone everyone's got their own taste right but anyway look at look at the look at the love and the devotion of the people there now uh, uh, you know a load of people in america think he's you know are very very glad to see the back of him that's the reality mm. um but you know he's a divisive character but but he goes you know he goes his own way not in the you know mm. ch the chumposphere sense but he goes his own way does his own thing and People, many people are very attracted to that. Some aren't, but that's fine. That's okay. Hmm. You know what I tend to notice about people who hate narcissistic traits? Mm. They're all ugly. <laughs> they're absolutely hideous. Like hey. I've had people tell me that as well. Like Jack, you're an arrogant dick. And I look at them like, what reasons do I have not to be? <laughs> well, I'm exactly. I'm absolutely gorgeous. I'm six foot. I'm ripped as hell. I mean, I get laid, and you're going to tell me I shouldn't be supposed to be an arrogant dick compared to you, a weasley, scrawny masturbator. <laughs> like, of course I'm awesome. Why wouldn't you not want to be like me? 
But mm, mm. that's what I mean. People, hatred comes from below, as Race Cooper tends to say. Mm, mm, yeah. And that's yeah. just something I noticed through the years. Every time somebody called me an arrogant dick, I never wanted to be them. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Myself, Would I want to trade with you? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, and, and like I say, other people's views are not your, your business. You know, your business is going forward with the mission. Yeah, um, which is but. Uh, comes to the second part of my uh, of my point. Mm. Would you say that I'm an arrogant dick? Me personally, yes. Uh, no, not not really. No, no. You know why? Why? Because you have shit going on as well. You yeah, know sure, what it sure. takes to get somewhere. Mm. Mm. Well, you I'm... know that when you reach something, you get this. You're less humble. You get a bit of an ego because you're proud of yourself. People who don't have shit going on do not understand that. Well, I think the most important thing is always to try and learn what you can from other people. And I mean, John, is John an arrogant dick? Well, you know, maybe he kind of is. I mean, he came on the show and he talked, talked kind of talked about himself for 20 minutes and then went off again. But I, I mean, I, I love him. I'm a great friend of his. I think he's an awesome guy. And uh, but but fundamentally, there's a lot to be learned from him. Because you know, however you look at it, he has been he has been successful in in, in key areas in his life, and um, you've got to look at that, and you've got to think, okay, so what is what is it about him? What is he doing that is successful? And so I don't even think it's just you know when somebody's had a degree of success, they have a right to be pleased with themselves, or they've got a right to be arrogant. I don't think it's even as straightforward as that. It's more like. Are you somebody who just fundamentally believes in your own mythology? All right, and mm -hmm. some people out there, the normies, are going to say, "Well, that's really un that's really unhealthy," and you know, you you've got to keep your feet on the ground, weighing three hundred and fifteen pounds. Yeah, right. but I don't, I disagree. I think do what you know, do what works. So the reality is, people who go through life thinking they are the dog's bollocks, as we say in the UK, which is a very strange expression, tend to be the people that do very well. Look mm -hmm. at Trump. Look at the CEOs of many big companies, et cetera, et cetera. But we know that coquettishness works, right, because it works on us. Because when girls do it to us, we know that it works. And there's a really great quote here from somebody called uh, Pierre Marveau, I think. And it says, uh, coquettes know how to please, but not know – But sorry, coquettes know how to please, but not how to love, which is why men love them so much, which I thought was quite profound. Mm -hmm. In sort of a French way. I could see you there with your black polo neck yesterday, like, uh, coquettes, they know how to please, but they do not know how to love. <laughs> well, it is true. It is true. I've had a couple of them, and they are absolutely nail-biting, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, the you just can't get enough of them, but they're not around enough. So. Yes. Yes. Um, and the difficulty, then, is you can get into a sort of a, a strange somewhat unhealthy cycle with a woman like that where she pulls away and then you're like oh my god i've got to try and pull her back and then as soon as you get her back you kind of don't want her as much mm. and then you start to pull away and then she tries to pull you back and you know if you if you get into something like that it can go on for years <laughs> because yes because it works on both sexes it works on both of us it works on guys when women do it but it also works on women when guys do it but i think the difference is that guys don't do it as much so girls aren't as used to it because most guys are sort of like, oh, yes, madam, I, you're so amazing. Text game is a good example to apply this in. Yes. 
which I suck at, by the way. I'm very impatient when it comes to texting. For some, I mean, I'll 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 be happy to admit that. Like, I I suck at being patient with text game because I think it's just absolutely dog bollocks. So to say, like, it's complete horseshit. Like, you've read my text, respond, done. Because I'm a very logistical texter. Like, well, when are you free? Then okay, see you then. Good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just the nature of guys, though, isn't it? As well, yeah, you know, it very, is. very practical, very like right. Well, I've asked you now, so what's the you know? And it's it's very duh, 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 duh. and if women don't you know, go along with that in the way that, that we want, then guys can become, you know, frustrated with that perhaps. But, you, you know, you've just got to recognise it as being part of the, the game. It's a game. And they'll hold off. They're, they will, girls will hold off in responding oh, yeah. to texts for a period of time and they'll do it for effect or they'll do it for, you know, to, to kind of put you in your place or whatever. I mean, it's all of it's a game. It's all a game. Mm. So, especially in the beginning bits. Especially at the beginning, and when I say beginning, I'm talking about three months, six months, up, maybe up, sometimes up to a year, depending on how close you get with the girl. You're mm -hmm. dancing around each other. You're playing this game. As it goes on a little bit further, if you become boyfriend and girlfriend, then, and people may disagree with me on this, but I would say that the, the mask drops a, a little bit. I would say mm -hmm. that you. it's not like you can relax because you can never relax entirely because you're always being judged. You're always in the sexual marketplace. You're always being, you know, sized up the whole time mm -hmm. but you do get a bit more leeway it is a little bit more okay let's let's quit the games now we know we like each other we know we're kind of in this thing and so it become it becomes a little bit less game playery but you know i mean you know it, you'd be surprised how long it goes on for well that's the the dangerous part with coquettishness because coquettishness can turn into playing hard to get like some girls use that, like I'm just playing hard to get. That's not attractive. That's just that's stupid. Like a coquette knows how to play. A coquette knows how to go from hot to cold. Playing that whole hard to get thing is just uh, I'm just not gonna do anything and um, not be seductive or whatever because well you know I'm just playing hard to get. No, you suck at seduction. You don't know how to play this game and for some odd reason you think it's cool playing hard to get but that's not how this works mm. now some coquettes do push it on for too long let's say where a guy finds another girl who's more invested into him which in turn makes him more invested than her makes him forget all about the coquette but then most coquettes tend to say, you know what, I'm going to give this guy a little bit more attention to draw him back in, and then the game starts new again. Mm, mm. Know what yeah. I mean when I said that whole hard to get thing? Yes. Like girls who push it way too far, and you're just like... Well, yes. I mean, sometimes I think they do it because they've read it, almost like they've read it in a book or something, and they feel in like Vogue that's... Or, or something. Like... Or, or, or the, there was that book, The Rules, that was aimed at girls um, some years ago, and it's almost like um, they feel like they, that's what they have to do, because, yeah, like you say, they've read it in a magazine or something like that. Mm. Um, but there again, there are other girls who have, well, ostensibly quite interesting lives. You know, you, you're following them on Instagram, and they're, they're going here, there, and everywhere on their stories, and now, of course, behind the scenes, it's often not as glamorous as it looks. But she can give this impression of like, oh, I've got to go. When we used to be able to travel, you know, it's like, oh, I've got to go to Paris for a couple of days. And then I'm, I'm before time. And then I'm going, yeah. And then I'm going to this party in Milan and I'm doing this and blah, blah, blah. And they can give this impression on the outside of having this very busy, 
glamorous life and you're kind of on the outside of it you're with your nose up against the glass and that can make you desire them them more but um it, it's a lot of this is facade though a lot of this is game playing Mm-hmm. There's an interesting, there's a really great quote, quote here, which I wanted to read um, about this, this whole dynamic, though. He says, people are inherently perverse. This is page 71, by the way, students. He says, people are inherently perverse. Well, we certainly are. Um, an easy conquest has a lower value than a difficult one. We are really only excited by what is deemed, uh, sorry, what is denied us by what we cannot possess in full. Your greatest power in seduction is your ability to turn away, to make others come after you, declaring their satisfaction. Most people miscalculate and surrender too soon, worried that the other person will lose interest um, or giving that other, the other that they want to accept um, the giver a kind of power. The truth is the opposite. Once you satisfy someone, you no longer have the initiative and you open yourself up to the possibility that he or she will lose interest. So this, I think, applies to humans generally. I don't think this is a male-female thing. I think this is all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Well, especially men. Uh, mm. This relates to women a lot, and especially nowadays. I mean, poon is easy to get. Let's be honest. Mm. Like, sex is easy to get these days. And like making a man interested is easy. Keeping him these days is hard. Now, when you have a same night lay, she has to bring something else to the table to keep him around. And yeah. that's when that whole playing comes into play, so to say. Mm. Mm. But again, as a girl who gives it up that easily, you're going to lose him because you're not special anymore. Yes, yeah. And of course, there's a wider context here about, you know... Mm girls and uh, thoughts and all this kind of thing. But I mean, I, you, you know, we don't necessarily need to, to go down that avenue. But yeah, of course, I mean, the more the more easily you give something away, unfortunately, the less valued it is, because that's just how people, that's just how people react. But Green talks about um, the sort of addictive nature that coquettes can have, you know, coquettes can be maddening to deal with never committing, but never saying no, never allowing closeness. But more often than not, we find ourselves coming back to them, addicted to the coldness they project. Remember, seduction is a process of drawing people in, making them want to pursue and possess you, seem distant, and people will go mad to win your favor. So again, there's this really fascinating thing of like, on the one hand, it's narcissism, because you think you're awesome, and self-absorption, you're just like self-obsessed, and you're kind of like less interested in other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And those two things... And this is really, you know, you might talk about it as being selfishness, really. But those two things together make you, for a start, you're probably having a more of a fun life because you're you're just focusing on yourself. And secondly, mm-hmm. it makes you more attractive to people. It does. And I want to add to the point I just made, like turn it around. What do guys tend to do a lot these days? Um, wear That's their funny. heart. <laughs> well, that too. But wear their heart on their sleeves. Mm. There is one thing a woman barely loves more than anything that's finding you out with her so-called female intuition. But a lot of guys these days, and you've seen the show First Dates, most of Mm. these guys Mm. like bear their problems. Like, oh, this happened, that happened, I'm this. That's not interesting to her anymore. Now she knows everything. What's there to find out? Nothing. Yes, yes. That's how guys can play a coquette, be mysterious in that. Like, let her find out. I think, 
Yeah, yeah. You're, no, you're right. And I think that's a really important point, actually. And this is something I bang on about the whole time, particularly, again, in the early stages. You've got to be a bit mysterious. You don't want to give it all up. You don't want to put it all out there on the table like you're in a car boot sale and you're trying to sell off your old secondhand clothes. You know, you, you want to keep it a little bit. You want to keep your cards close to your chest. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yes, you're right. That is also an, uh, an example of coquettishness, I think. Um there's an interesting quote here from Nathaniel Hawthorne. I don't know where this is from, but he says, selfishness is one of the qualities apt to inspire love, which is another one that I quite like. Hmm. Selfishness is one of the qualities apt to inspire love. You know, Weirdly again, enough it is. Again, you know, we're getting into some of the less attractive aspects of human nature here because, you know, you can imagine the trad watching this and like, no, a high quality man is never selfish. He self-sacrifices um, and all of that. Truth of the matter is, you know, who's she mm. dreaming about at night? Mm -hmm. You know, who's she getting turned <laughs> on by, right? The only way I can help others is after I help myself. Yes. That's what a lot of people get wrong. Like, you're so selfish. Yeah, but if I'm not taken care of, I cannot take care of anyone. Yes. Yes. And I, I think there's a wider point here. You talk about minimalism uh, as well on your channel, and mm -hmm. I don't want to go massively into that. But but there is a, there's a thing here about self-sufficiency, because Green talks about self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency plus narcissism. It's sort of like you've created your own world, you've created your own mythos, and then you've worked out, okay, so what are the things that I need to live the life I want to live? Okay, well, I need a bit of money, I need a computer, I probably need a Wi-Fi connection, probably one that's better than mine. Sorry, guys. Um, seems a little bit ropey today. Um, and, um, you know, you, you need a few things, and then that's it. I'm good. Flashlight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sex doll. Um, I, I, you know, I need, the, these are the things I need, and then I'm kind of good. And I'm then living the life I want to live. And, you know, if you want to come into that, great. Um, but I'm, you know, and also I think very highly of myself as well. And that narcissism plus that self-sufficiency, very, very powerful in terms of attracting people to you. But regardless, even if you don't, you're kind of all right because you're still living the life that you wanted to live, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You do your own thing. She's stepping into your world. You're not exiting your world to go to hers yes yes exactly and it's very much more about sort of sending out mixed signals he talks actually about somebody who sounds an interesting character called uh jiddu uh krisha uh krisha murati i think um who was a a mystic apparently perhaps in the pat steadman um mold and um he was also a dandy he was also very finely dressed and very kind of flamboyant, et cetera, et cetera. And he had this kind of faith and he would do, you know, sermons and draw people to him in that sense. But he also claimed to be a celibate. And whether he was Ooh. celibate or not, I don't know. But but women and women would go crazy because here was this guy who seemed to be projecting this, this image that was desirable. And yet he was also then on, in the same breath stating that, that he was not gonna, ever going to satisfy that desire in there. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is something, again, that's very powerful. I'm not saying go around saying that you're celibate, but it, it's it's being slightly out of reach really gets people going. Yeah, mm, I know what you mean. Like, it's the, it's the unobtainable. Yes, exactly. And um, I, I have to say, um, a, a particular favourite of mine, Morrissey, the singer, 
did exactly the same thing back in the 1980s. So when Morrissey was in the Smiths back in the 1980s, he would say in interviews that he was celibate. You know, and he would he would he kept this going for years. In fact, actually, for many years, uh, Morrissey would say he was sort of asexual. He wasn't interested in sex and he was celibate. Now, actually, the truth of the matter was he was a he was a good looking guy. Um, he was also a singer and a hugely successful band. And this just drove, you know, the females in the audience and some of the guys absolutely nuts because it was mm -hmm. like, well, hang on a minute. This guy, you know, he's so he's just so unobtainable. And, and 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 that just 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 gets people even more right. Mm -hmm. We again, want what he, we cannot have exactly. And he was a man who who created this sort of mythos around him, and also was very sort of um, independent. And I've heard anecdotes. I've read anecdotes about him where he would just, you know, he's friends with somebody for fifteen years, and then suddenly he just cuts them off. I just never speaks to them again. You know. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that's an attractive character trait or, you know, what you should be like, but it's just sort of like it paints a picture of this guy who's just almost so in love with himself, pushing other people away. Not very, not, not nice, but, you know, it, that, it just draws people to you. And, you know, is there something we can learn from this? It's that... It's that strange attraction we have, not per se to the person, but to the behavior. Because I think it's something we all want to obtain. Uh, detachment from material goods and even, well, humans, sort of. Yeah. Mm. I mean, mm. which is a strange paradox. We find it attractive when people are not attracted to us. Or attracted mm. to commitment or whatever. Yeah. It's a strange paradox, really, but it works. Works like mad. It does, it does work like mad. And I mean, he does say earlier on in the chapter, doesn't he, that um, you know, look, people are often they lack courage and they sort of do it a little bit and then they cave in because they think, oh damn, if I don't respond to her text today, then she's she's gonna stop liking me. And mm. so they sort of cave and they pull back from it. And I think what he's saying here is actually what you don't realize is that you can push it a lot further than you think. Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely so you know i mean ultimately what it comes down to is being less available to people being being focusing on yourself being self-interested maybe a little even a little bit selfish and just not being as available to people not not just giving yourself away so easily because guys especially we can do this because you know the girl is really pretty she's beautiful like oh my god and then immediately we want to give up the farm you know, it's a bit like, oh, okay, I'll just put my entire life on hold for you. And actually, isn't, that, isn't that the old pickup line? Like, what else have you got going on except for your looks? Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it also um, it also fits nicely with, uh, apologies if I'm wrong, I believe Law 25, maybe even 28, um, use absence to gain respect, which is a very good one that fits well with this. Where you just pull yourself out of a situation, stay away for a while, and then all of a sudden come back. You tend mm. to notice that the response is way more positive other than when you would have stayed around the entire time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, the coquette, I think, is one of the most important um, 
chapters in this book, although there's so much gold in this book that um, it's only one amongst many. But I think it is one of the, it, it's perhaps one of the most important because I think push, pull, hot, cold, mixed signals, a, a bit of narcissism, self-obsession, all of these things. These are really the hallmarks of the modern seducer, aren't they, Jack? And I think we could probably I'm sure we both sort of would agree on that in our own ways. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for starts, it's in my top 10 books of all time. Mm. It just is. Again, it's a sword and shield when it comes to seduction because mm. you can be seduced at any time of the day. Well, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm ready if uh, anyone wants to come around. Yeah, I mean, hot <laughs> bonds any... with uh, small waists, uh, 19 to 23-year-old. You can knock on my door right now. But I'm not available, you know what I mean? Like, I, I might make some time. I'm not too available. I'm a bit coquettish. Not to worry, ladies. But if you really must, I, I might make some time. But Exactly. Exactly. It just is a very great book, and people need to learn to be that that humble form of detachment, that subtle form of detachment, mm. Mm. which is missing in the world today, especially with all the technology going on, twenty four seven, being av being available twenty four seven. It's refreshing for men and women to run into somebody who isn't there all the time gets people going, gets people thinking, makes, this is a good way, by the way, uh, the phrase spin the hamster. Mm. This is a good way of doing it. You yeah. want to spin that hamster mad? Be coquettish. Yeah. Yeah. This stuff really, really works, but it's, it's just, you, it takes a bit of balls to do it. I think that's the thing, particularly if it's a girl that you really like, if it's somebody you're really attracted to, then mm. Most likely, unless you have this kind of naturally, most likely your instinct is going to be, I, I just want to get her and, and you know, make sure that she, you know, she's into, you know, that, that everything's very tied down and she's into me. But you need to resist that mm -hmm. as much as you can. And you need to you need to take a step back. And that's going to stand you in, in most cases, in better stead. But there are dangers to this. And he always mentions some of the dangers at the end of the chapter. And he says, you know, one of the dangers with this is in the end, Coquettishness can cause hatred or at least irritation. All right. You know, sometimes in the end, people are like, well, hang on a minute. This person's just messing around, kind of fed up with this and kind of over it, whatever. Or they just end up hating your guts. And of course, that is also a problem as well. Um, so it's not without its downsides. But I think as a, a foundational principle of game, coquettishness is very, very important. And it's something that we all need to, to be aware of and to implement. Absolutely. 100% agree. Might even be the cornerstone of all game. Mm, mm, yeah, I think you might be right. I was just going to say before we close, there's somebody else we haven't mentioned, actually, but that is Aaron Clary. Now, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that I would label Aaron Clary as a coquette. I wouldn't but, know if I'd label him seductive. <laughs> no, but he he is somebody who's who's just, you know, very much in his own space. He's very much in his own world, and he kind of he doesn't sort of kowtow to his audience, does he? I mean, you know, the whole asshole consulting thing. He's very sort of like you know, kind of brash, not brash in the John sense, but he's kind of like he's quite rude, he's quite dismissive, he's just like yeah, what you know, whatever. And people absolutely love it, and it is a sense of there is a little bit of push pull there, or there's a bit of push, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of push there, and um, 
from experience, I can tell you, he is just as blunt in real life and in personal conversation as he is on camera. Mm, mm. What you see on camera is Aaron Clary. There is no difference between off-camera Clary, on-camera Clary. He is as blunt and rude, uh, some sort of way charismatic. He is mm, that. Mm, mm. Oh. So he's not he's not an AI manifestation then. He is actually No, a, he's he not a hologram. I'm not sure if he's not a lizard. We don't know yet, but we'll find out. We'll he find out. He has a fondness of men, we found out, and uh auto asphyxiation, but um <laughs> Well, I guess everyone's gotta have a hobby, right? Um mm -hmm. <laughs> I, well all that bombshell. Um I think we kind of reached the end of the show, but um as always, Jack, fantastic to have you on here discussing this wonderful book. What have you got coming up and where can guys find you? I think tomorrow they can find you here, can't they? Because we're carrying yes, on. I will be back tomorrow here to discuss the book event again. Link to my channel is in the chat. Uh, you can also join my private community there. I am doing more writing and writing more essays and I'm posting nice. them there on the private community. Mostly um, the last couple of posts have been mostly about detachment from what's going on. Okay. I've caught myself getting angry on Twitter and seeing things in politics, even in Dutch politics, but then setting myself down and asking myself, what was this worth? Why was this of value? It wasn't. Mm. Yeah. There's so many better things to focus on. So the last couple of posts have been mostly about that. Talk a lot of fitness-related stuff as well. And Is that uh, on your, Are those on your blog or on Patreon? Uh, on my private community on the YouTube channel. Yeah, oh. like a, a while back, YouTube granted me the ability to have a community on there behind a paywall. It's only four ninety nine. So for people who are interested, go to the channel, get with access the, with, there. with the essays, though, are you hosting them there? or Yeah, or where... all of them. Oh, oh really? Okay. All right, nice. Oh, yeah. cool, cool. Hallelujah. It's pretty neat how uh, YouTube made that a possibility, and I'm uh, exploiting it to the fullest extent of it. Very nice. Very nice. Um, well, fantastic, mate. That's awesome. So everyone should get over there and join Jack's uh, private community. I guess tomorrow we're probably going to end up doing um, the Charmer and then the Charismatic. And I think ah. it could be another one of these things where the Charmer is, well, I don't know. I need to reread it. So, so let's let's withhold judgment. But the Charismatic, I can tell you, is, is, is has got some really juicy stuff in it, really fantastic stuff in it. So mm -hmm. that's going to be a hot show for sure um so I look forward to that guys join us here again tomorrow 11 30 a.m est do hit subscribe to this channel give us a like give us a thumbs up hit the notifications bell as well so that you will know when the new videos and broadcasts are coming out um i've been i've sort of been half had half an eye on the inauguration and i haven't put anything else on because nothing i mean they have no aliens have turned up that as far as oh. i can see I haven't seen any sort of like uh, military intervention or anything like that. So it all looks like it's kind of going to plan. But, um, but you know, oh, no doubt we'll learn later. Um, we'll hear more later this evening. But, um, but yeah, historic day. And um, thanks ever so much for joining me, Jack. It's been fantastic. Thank you for having me again, Troy. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Indeed. Absolutely. All right. We will see you guys again very soon. Bye-bye.